before, well, it's actually a new month, but it's early in a new month and we're gonna try one more time to have more than one Ask Mom and Dad in a month, which is better. Our original goal was once a week and because of- That was your goal. That was, I said once every two weeks, it'd probably be a good uh, yeah, well, settling point. So maybe real. that's where we'll get. It's me we're dealing with. <laughs> um, so we're lucky if anything happens consistently on schedule and regularly. <laughs> I mean, I have the body to prove that I'm a man of consistency and schedule and regularness. <laughs> so anyway, I'm glad to sit here with you. I have something on my mind and I just thought we could talk about it this morning um, okay. and spend a few minutes before you go off and first off celebrate birthday with my now to 23 year old uh, last married daughter. Mm -hmm. We married off all of our daughters. Is that some kind of life achievement that we're supposed to like celebrate that they're all married off? Well, you or know, they're you don't all have off. to provide for them I anymore, can't. except you still have to, so it doesn't matter. Nothing yeah, no. <laughs> changed. Why does it feel like we provide more for them now? <laughs> yeah. Because, eh, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not. No. That would used to be the goal, all. though, yeah. you know, back in whatever, some, like the 1800s. That's what you see on movies or whatever. They had to marry the daughters off because they couldn't afford yes, to keep they'd them. They'd have to <laughs> find, find a man who has a dowry large yeah. enough to pay for you and care for you forever and ever. And maybe give something back Maybe we to missed family. out on something. We should have probably worked a little harder to, to tell the girls. Just find a man that has enough. No. No, we don't think that way. Um... The girls probably had more than they did. I, it That's kind of how it worked out with us, didn't it? Yeah. Jobs-wise, I think, and stuff. I don't know. The fact that 31 <laughs> years later, you can still rem remember that you had exactly a certain amount in the bank, and I had exactly not a certain amount in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you Savings for paying a dowry deficit. for me. Yeah. I, I want to appreciate Thanks. that publicly now for the <laughs> four people that listen to us, counting us. Um, and Anyway, that kind of comes along with a little bit of an idea, because, I mean, it. What is a successful marriage? You know, I've, I've been dealing with this morning, um, the question of success. Uh, it's the end of the year, and so, or it's not quite, but you know, we're moving into the end of the year. I know everybody generally at this time of year thinks about, ooh, Christmas, I'm gonna be broke before 30 days are up, which is true. But it's um, it's a time where, uh, for Apparently those of us- Apparently the men think that way. I don't think that's actually how the women approach Christmas, but okay. <laughs> I, still, <laughs> I still remember the first house we bought. And walking into it, and I was trying to be excited. I was excited. I was really excited about the house, but I remember exactly what you just said, the way men think about things. Because you're like going, oh, and it's got this, and it's got this. I'm so excited about it. And I'm having two thoughts. I'm going, well, you don't want the realtor to know this. I'm, I'm young and stupid. Please forgive me. I can remember what I'm thinking. That doesn't mean I still think that way. So let's just caveat that right now. <laughs> um, but the uh, I can remember thinking, if you tell the realtor that that's just, there's no way I'm going to get us negotiate a good deal here if you're that excited. <laughs> well, about we don't it. like that, so give us a break. <laughs> and the, okay. I didn't and the miss second that thing completely. that was going through my mind was, well, there's no molding along the wall here. That's going to have to be fixed. And there's that. It's just the way we approached it, it was so different. You were like seeing all the charm and the possibility. But that's how women see husbands too. They're like going, look mm, at this yep. man, and the man's in the house is going, he's got a lot of problems, and the girl's going, but dad, he's got this, and he's got this, and he's so cute, and I can fix that, and I can tweak that. Um, and the man's going, I can tweak a few things. Um, anyway, uh, that's it's the funny. stereotype, but it's so real. It's just the way we see things, and it's um, it's kind of funny when you stop to think about it. But the question is, you know, the way we see things in life is is often different. And I was was uh, reading a little bit this morning and journaling, and I and I was thinking about that. And as I was doing it, the question um, of you know what does success look like? You know, what does it mean to 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 be successful at the things in life that that um. You know what I'm saying? What does Been it mean? Yeah, what's important, and um, or not what's important, attempt. but what are the what are the measurements of success? Yeah, and that's the problem, right there. The what is important? 
Yeah, because well, the measurement depends on what, like, like we've always talked about, what you value. So the measurement has to be about what's important, but it's subjective to each one of us. A little bit different things are important, right? So yeah, sure. if we're thinking about this or that job, sure, even a, a person might say, you know, it's important to whatever profit this much versus what their loss are, may, losses are. Or um, somebody else might say, well, it's important to get a quality product out there that people talk about and ha- you have a good reputation, you know. Or so we're talking about just like general business things. Well, then same is true with families. What, what, how do you re- measure success of a family? Well, what do you think is important? What do you call, you know, what are your values that you find the things that in your mind are the uh, the things you're you're going for the things you, you will ultimately decide well i think we had a successful family because of one two and three right yeah that's and that's what i'm getting at is the measure what are the what are the things that are important mm-hmm. what started the question mark for me this morning was i woke up with the um <laughs> let's just jump into spiritual i woke up and was in the shower and the I don't know what the right word is. Ever present, foreboding. It's not foreboding. It's not the right word. Um, ominous. No. <laughs> ominous is kind of how it feels sometimes. Uh, words of Jesus in in uh, Matthew oh, sixteen. Okay. In a good way. No. It's in a good way. Well, that's what I was like yesterday. I was just dealing with some stuff, and I said <laughs> it was a really terrible day, and a good day, and a good and a, and, and an awful day. But I feel good because there was a lot of things that were going on. That I was ultimately kind of emotional and confused about it, trying to explain to men later that evening in a group that men do cry. It doesn't make you gay or weird. Um, but uh, not because anyway, um, weirdness. But the idea of Jesus saying, if a man comes into um, this, if a man decides to um, save his life, he'll lose it. You know, and what is the value of, of, of life? And, um, and the, uh, the thought that I was having in that was, you know, how hard is it for us to forget ourselves? And, and so that's, you know, I was, I was taking the, the um, or, or lose ourselves. And, you know, I had this, the thought was, uh, we don't, we lose a lot of things. We lose our keys. We lose our phone. We lose, we don't lose phone numbers anymore unless we lose our phones. Then we lose our phone numbers. We lose we lose a lot of things, but we can't lose ourselves. No matter how hard we we try, it seems like we always wind up at the end of the day with ourself being on center stage, holding the microphone and demanding attention. And um, and Jesus is saying, you know, unless you deny yourself, that's the word, not forget, but deny yourself um, and follow me, take up your cross and follow me, um, the, uh, the then you'll lose everything. It's not you're, you're you're in trying to protect what you think is important then you, in, in next cases, protect ourselves, you might actually lose what's actually important, which is your life. I think what's funny about that passage could be taken so many different ways, too, just like a lot of things, I guess, with Jesus' words. Chair. We could imp- interpret it as, I've always thought of it as deny yourself, deny the things that bring you pleasure or the things that, you know, give you, uh, like you're saying, satisfaction or you find <laughs> But that's not always what that means. I think you're right. Denying what you find maybe that the goals are according to your earthly life or deny what you think are going to make your life comfortable and easy instead of, you know, the sorrow that sometimes comes and the ways that sacrifice that um, sometimes are asked of us, whatever. So there's a so I feel like there's a lot of different angles on 
um, what it means, yeah, to to deny you or yourself and take up his cross, which take up your cross, take up his cross, which because there's a couple different thoughts on that too, right? Take up your cross. Well, I'd like to know what the, the cross is. I think the cross the is the burden, Greek. you know, that we bear. And um, and in G, because you could almost say if I could drop the cross section, because Luke points out the cross and um, and Jesus, and so you've got it in three places. Um, this was like my full-on Bible study this morning, because it just got into me. You know, I tend to be a person who, to use the terminology, reframes the argument in a positive way. In other words, I'll make success out of failure. And, and that's because what I'll do is I'll go through and I'll find, and, and I don't mean that to say that I'm a failure or that, you know, someone else is a failure. I'm, I'm, look, I'm the one who looks to the bright side. So I'm saying, well, what can we learn from this? What's better? What's going right? Um, but I think that if we take the um, perspective of not, if we don't know truly what the goal is, and we continually reframe, and this is, I guess, for my own thing, my own struggle, is if I'm constantly reframing to find out what the best thing is that's happened here, and I lose the success, and, and bear with me, I'm working this out in my own mind a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm working this out loud with you a little bit publicly, <laughs> um, semi-publicly with an audience our size. But um, if we lose the goal of what's truly important and we constantly redefine things that are important maybe, but not the goal, then it's not really success. Because Jesus is saying real clearly here, there is a success goal here. And in his, he continues. And the goal is eternity, right? To gain your soul, but not necessarily. Yeah. And the Jewish understanding of soul is your being. So what if you lose everything that's important about you or your being, um, uh, your life, soul, life, they're very interchangeable in the, in the, in the understanding of that, right? Of the writer. Um, and Jesus actually goes on to say, you know, uh, what will a man give in exchange for his life? Um, he says, uh, for the son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father. And then he will reward each according to what he has done. Um, and he says that there's going to be people who are standing here today that will not be gone before they see that. Um, which is another conversation all by itself. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but the thing that's in interesting to me here is here. And then in Hebrews, he talks about um, what is our inheritance. Uh, and then I recently was, um, looking at the two to um ah where was i reading somewhere Hebrews else 11. we talked about hebrews 11 but i was reading somewhere else too where and jesus is referencing it right here what are we inheriting is the glory of god if we think about glory what is it if you know each one of us have our own sense of you know glory is is your essence your presence the sense of the greatness of yourself i don't know it's weird but there's, there's a lot glory, to it there's something greater than what we can imagine something greater than we can conceive or comprehend. And that's God's glory is what you're saying, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that's what that's what he's saying. You know, he's coming in the glory of his angels. He's bestowing that upon us. Hebrews is reflecting that. We see it in um uh some scripture I was reading just last week which is irrelevant, you know, but we don't think a lot about that because when we think about God's glory, we kind of just think well that's just him, but we are a reflection of he created us out of out of a, a greatness of who he is. And we reflect that, but there's going to be that full inheritance. If we're children of God, then we're going to fully inherit that. All that to say, what is the important thing that we are, um, I'm afraid I'm bumping the microphone. So if it's popping on the screen or something weird, I don't want to do that. And um, sorry, bear with me one second. 
There we go. I don't see any pops, so we're not beating up the microphone. Technical difficulties, but that's live recording. Um, what is what is it? What is it that we're supposed? What is it when he says he's going to reward us for what we've done? You know, he's going to reward every one of us according to what we've done. What is the doing that we that matters? Mm-hmm. Um, success in a culture, our culture is you know we provide for our family. We provide. With, these are not necessarily wrong things. To be real clear. But we, we narrow it down to some things that are good and that are set signs of things that are right, but not the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling the some of the guys last night we were sitting here talking um, that, uh, you know, hey, the, one of the weirdest thing happens when you hit your 50s. Everything you see in your children's lives as they have their kids, you kind of have this evaluation of what they're doing and what you did. Mm-hmm. It kind of happens. Yeah. And what's good and what's not. And you just start reliving this. It's your, your grandchildren are flashbacks. And am I wrong? Does that kind of feel that way with you sometimes when you look at? No, that's that's definitely true. But it's more to me in that I'm like you're saying evaluating uh, my actions, not necessarily the remembrance of their actions. Because I mean, sometimes I, you know, remember that, but not quite as clearly as what did I do in this instance. I was thinking about that with my remembering that my mom had to point out at one point. um, I think it was Aaliyah how she was kind of manipulating us and I and I didn't notice that and then so one of the, one of the two um the other day I think maybe even Hannah with Rory was <laughs> noticing starting to notice oh I might and I thought the same thing oh I wonder if I should play the mom here and show her here's where you're kind of being manipulated a little bit because you can't see it all the time unless you're outside of it you know so uh, th- yes so you're kind of remembering you're also brought drawing back to mind what it was that you were told or helped with or <laughs> speaking of grandchildren it's okay we're just having a so today's Micaiah's birthday and they're going to go do some fun birthday stuff here in a little bit and so just taking a second no um just come on top of me. It's fine. I'll edit it out in a second. If I need to, I'll just leave it alone because we have family lives and things going on. You were talking. You were you were in the middle of... Finished. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I didn't know how that related to... I was just saying, yes, I was reliving... Oh, reliving the images. That's where we left off. It's okay. That's cool. Um, what I was saying is they're not the other great gift of... Um, being older is you don't have full memories. You, you, the comparisons are just memories. Most of my our memories with our children are good. Um, but the question of success, so let, let me get down to it. So what is the measure of, how do, you, how do you measure things? What's the most important thing? We get our measure, you and I, um, and people who call themselves followers of Jesus, get our measure from Jesus. And he says, following him in his way, self-denial is what I was dealing with this morning. It's not that you don't think of yourself. It's that you legitimately, I gave an illustration a minute ago of um, self-standing. No matter what you do, you can't stop thinking about yourself. You're just unfortunately in the center of stage all the time. And no matter what you do, you find yourself at the end of the day, standing on, looking on the stage and finding self on the stage, holding the microphone, demanding attention. <laughs> and what I think Jesus is saying here is he's saying, so walk out of the wings, grab the microphone from self and hand it to him. And if you'll do that, then everything's going to be fine. Um, and let Jesus take the mic and follow him. Whereas I think oftentimes, and in our culture particularly, we tend to go, 
No, let's just sit in the audience, applaud self, make self feel better about itself and continue to do the things that it, it wants to do. Mm. We're yes. done? <laughs> no, I was... Um, I think that the, the bottom line to what I'm trying to get at is what does it mean to deny self, like you just said, right? Yeah, what's involved. And is, it's turning away from from what? Like you said, our our thoughts about what success are, our success is, is it our, um, it's not our ideals because probably we've gotten that from the source, which we believe is the Bible and, you know, God's ideals. Is it from our pleasures, our, our thoughts about what makes us feel good or, or the moments that we, you know, it's all, those are kind of all a mush of, to me in my mind of what actually it means to turn away from myself, my self thoughts about all that versus God's. All the thing was coming through my mind when you were saying that was, but it's all about doing his goodwill according to, you know, the scriptures. And most of that, according to Jesus' words, are to love him and seek him, be, you know, be aware of his presence, right? And that's kind of denying ourselves because like you said, if we can get off of that microphone or out from under that spotlight and we can put it on him we can look in his face or we can think about his values his thoughts then we're we're denying ourselves we're turning away from kind of our own whatever happens to be giving us uh you know whatever happens to be kind of angling our thought patterns which i know is confusing or at least it is to me i go back to scriptures like um, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is a spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by renewing your mind. So thinking differently, because we can't get out of those same earthly thought patterns, fleshly thought patterns, whatever. I, well, that's what we I'm saying is the wrestling match right? that I have with my personality is I tend to frame and find the good no matter what. The thing that you don't want to do, because I think it's important that we can. We need to be able to look at a ter at a terrible situation and go, but this happened, and here's what we learned. Well, and to some degree, good. I believe that's faith, which we know also is one of the values that we're going for, that the life's about more about faith than it is about flesh, or more about unseen things than it is about seeing things, right? Anyway. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, and again, maybe, so I'm, I'm speaking, maybe I'm speaking more from my own... Um, fears of of my of where your where your strengths become your flaws oh i see um, you know because well reframing things is is a strength but it can't i know what you're saying it can also how, to me be uh detrimental if you're not able to realistically evaluate your own self <laughs> or realistically evaluate so, your actions here's or, an illustration i don't know if this makes sense this just popped into my head it's it's one great it's good to say we have three great full tires but how long can you drive on that when someone else is going, but you have a flat tire, <laughs> but there's three full tires, but you have a flat tire. And, and so there's the reality is the car is not running like it's supposed to because there's because that a tire. Flat tire. And so, efficient. you know, yeah. how often do you constantly talk about full tires and not deal with the flat tire? Yeah. And well, so, and in our marriage, it's been funny because I'm always thinking about the flat tire, not to de demote or diminish the good tires, but I I tend to, like you tend to see the positive, the three tires that are good. I tend to see the one that's messed up and want to fix it. And one, which is funny because you're really more of a fixer. Guys are more of fixers, but girls are tend to 
be able to view things a little bit more realistically if they're wired like I am to to evaluate not necessarily in a negative way you've always seen it that way I think but I don't always see it that way I just see it as here's some things that ought to improve if we're gonna especially down the line because you have a tendency to want to deal with whatever's right now and right in front of you I've always wanted to kind of prepare for the future and let's think about this if we don't make this decision now that might not happen later and that's kind of the you know struggle back and forth and both are necessary so so to me evaluating properly from both angles is necessary we need to see positively what has been quote successful especially when it comes to understanding success the way god does who who's come to know him how has our influence matter what what have we been able to keep our eyes on versus what are we discouraged about or where's you know the resources he's provided versus what we're missing or whatever but the same thing is true on the other side. We ought to be able to evaluate where is it that we are falling short or, or where do I need to confess that I'm not thinking the way he would be thinking about this or that in my own life or about uh, the fruit of what we're really seeing. There's there's both angles and both need to be uh, considered, right? Because his success is not our success. His ways are not our ways, the Bible says. He thinks much broader and bigger and, and with a better view than we can ever have but we need to sort of try to go there thinking and considering and then also I was talking to my mom a little bit texting this morning about always keeping our eyes on him because he's our hope so whether these things are true and need to be evaluated is one thing but whether we focus on them like you said or we maybe reframe them so we can think positively and encouraging about what he's doing not not who we are or what we're you know failing at but yeah and i and the reason that jesus makes the statement that he does in that passage is because of that flat tire problem (laughs) you know peter has just said to him dude that's not going to happen literally told jesus that he didn't know what he was talking about to which jesus um insults him in front of everybody you know literally calls him out and says oh my gosh my grandchild is coming in here with a pumpkin that's (laughs) that's just amazing yeah thank you for the pumpkin ezra and so, um, pick him up. <laughs> We're a family show. Um, and so, but Jesus had just um, rebuked uh, Peter, or to use the term, or, like I said, insulted him in front of everyone. Just basically <laughs> said, "You're you don't have a clue what you're talking about. You're actually preaching the this the gospel of the enemy. Mm. Get behind me, Satan." You know that famous phrase. And then he says. You need to follow me, not your idea of me. Yeah, and um, and so you know the struggle. Oh, I know, huh? Well, and that that affects us in every way. I think, like you just said, the definition of success in this world, for churches even, means numbers or money or yeah. whatever. It's very well, that, similar to the way the a, world. Church planter. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's the end of the year. What do I tell people about how this last year went as a church planter? Well. It, and I actually <laughs> said this to somebody the other day. They asked me that question. I said, well, it depends on what metric you're using um, because I could frame it beautifully. Um, but there are some areas. And what, what I mean by that is I could I could literally say this is. You could tell some areas where God has worked. I could, yeah. No, but then that's awesome. the, the thing that matters to the people that I'd be talking to is the question. So I said, it depends on the metric you're looking for. How are you looking for me to answer that question? That's what I would say. And what it's is not... God trying to do here? Yeah. And so. Because you're, you're evaluating or seeing what God is doing is not deception. It's 
it's angled so that we can see what God is doing. We need to be able to see that. And it's spiritually. Sometimes it's completely unseen. Yeah. So if we don't look at it, it's again, it's not deception to see what God is doing, but yet may not be visible from, a, you know, an outsider's perspective or right. from a numbers or a, like we said, or a money or a thing that people think of as tangible evidence. That's not always true. And, and in reality, like Jesus said, right, the opposite sometimes of the way God is actually working. And if we can't see that, if you and I especially... We wouldn't stay in this line of work, quote unquote, because it's not ever really about those measurements, even though God gives them no, to us sometimes and, and we're thankful when he does. And those are encouraging to others outside. But again, depending on what stories we tell or how how we can see God at work and, and then therefore how we can tell that, you know, others that God is at work. Because again, same thing, our witness, it's not always specific we don't always go and preach john three sixteen. we sometimes are just being a faithful servant right where we're at and and praying and knowing that god is one the one that needs to get the glory so if we get an occasion to speak that's fine but like saint francis says you know if you don't if you can speak without the words go ahead because your yeah. service is also a testimony it's a witness so i don't know that it's always tangible those evidences of success. No, we right? can't see what's really happening. And I mean, Peter and when Peter asked the question, you know, obviously Jesus had an unseen goal that he articulated in a very yeah. visible way, which was death, which, which was confusing, <laughs> right, um, to any of us. Hey, by the way, the great goal here is I'm going to die and let you guys deal with it, um, but I'm going to leave you with something that's going to help you deal with it. Someone actually who you won't see, yeah. you have to trust, exactly. and it will live within you. There's a lot of crazy in it. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, it literally looks like Jesus is not seeing the flat tire in his story. And <laughs> well, Peter, also so it's understanding said... why Peter would say that. And then Jesus just rebukes him for it and says, unless you're willing to do exactly what I'm going to do, and that in this case is die, take up your cross mm-hmm. and follow me, you're going to lose your life. And so the, the stakes are like here. And, um, and so he's asking an impossible thing. To people who don't quite understand what's going on because the other is also true deceptive um tangible things such as i go through my mind there's great large churches over our nation and i'm so we're so thankful for those and then there's large churches in some other countries in the world who are prayer warriors and are um you know they're seeing lots of numbers but we also know i mean this is a really bad example but hitler changed a whole country going toward him in a deceptive way and they thought they were being successful in reality they were being you know um they were being led by a tyrant and a a madman so there there's things that i feel like sometimes we get deceived by to think this is what it needs to look like and you're not saying like jesus is saying that's not what you're saying no (laughs) i'm just saying masses of people sometimes does not prove no numbers alone don't make for uh, truth or god is doing underneath yeah yeah i mean you can look at we know that now those stories of the one the one or two heroes of especially like of world war ii that we know that are valuable stories but they were happening kind of beneath the surface underneath and in the background and overall the success was that god was in charge and you know uh democracy wins and and those kinds of things but that's just an illustration to say that we don't know what god is doing and we can't measure it by what we see sometimes but we know that underneath when we were giving him when he's going to get the glory we have to keep our eyes not on what we see but what is unseen which is that he's still 
on the throne, sovereign, doing whatever, and we're doing our best to allow him to be obedient in us, really, because it's still all about, you know, it's all about his yeah. work one way or another. I think we always ought to evaluate. I think we always ought to keep our humble attitude of, you know, I'm nothing, he is. So as long as as we remember that, as long as we keep in perspective like you said, that it's him that needs to get the glory. It's him that that no matter what happens, it's always his success. You know, the success we evaluate as success, I guess. And everything else is just, is life. It happens to us and with us and, you know, right. we, right? I mean. I, well, I think it's interesting because if we look at this story here, you know, following Jesus and the way he lays it out is not a um, <clears throat> instructions for you to follow. Yeah. It's it it is it's, in, it's the, in the in the in the it's in the open the book, take out the instructions, <laughs> build it, throw away the instructions. It's not that. No. It's oh, here I am and I'm going to be here now and I'm gonna die and then I'm going to be here later just in a way which you not understood before you'll see well and follow me is an active yeah i was gonna say it's we, we have to always remember it's a person we're following and he's alive and active and always at work so it's not as if there's a particular one two and three that we're trying to accomplish yeah. well, we're we just do, trying to follow him and and, to... and and you know we do in business and in church life and and all kinds of things we have formula formulas 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 that we follow thinking that this is what success is going to look like and this is how fast it's going to take and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Can when in reality, deceptions of the you know, there, <laughs> it may not be the right thing. And so, um, well, and discouragement itself can be wrapped up in that. How much are we looking and evaluating through human eyes, fleshly eyes? How much are we really just trying to allow him to work? And in any situ given situation, that's true. Now we do have to evaluate like we are saying financially things and stuff like that are real there's something we have to deal with but i think again those are places of faith and i think sometimes those are places of being obedient and then letting god show us where he's going to provide or where he's going to do this or that you know so if he wants us to change the way we're doing things we need to be obedient or or even locations or even whatever those things but always seeking him is going to be the hope it's going to be the success well, you know, and the tough thing is and, and we really don't have time to get into it now so how do you get how do you avoid being discouraged when success doesn't look like you thought it did right you know i guess maybe you can take a quick stab at that because we got a second or two but um, i guess that's what i'm saying like you said you really do have to reframe it you have to think on his his thought patterns and because his ways are not our ways i don't know that that's even realistic we have to we have to know in our spirit, in our heart, or whatever, that we're seeking him. And that's, we, you were talking about Hebrews eleven six 6 yesterday. Um, the, the one who pleases him, which is our ultimate goal. It just has to know that he exists. That's what that scripture says. We just have to know he exists. Yeah. And that he rewards those who seek him. Right. And I oh, think my that, goodness. And that's and that's success. Yeah, and, that's, and that's true. And I think that where I was wrestling with that passage yesterday is that the struggle is what are rewards. Yeah. And so when you roll through the rest of the passage, he tells you what they are. There's the inheritance, the glory, the Yeah, it's all the, after the fact that there's gonna be <laughs> there's, there's a kingdom greater than it's all this. unseen. And, and all and... <laughs> the examples are people that are going, you know, whatever this is, it ain't really there's gotta be something more. Oh my goodness. Let yeah. me let me give you an example. It was weird this and we can close with this. Last night I had a moment like that with Rory. 
Um, I came, it was, we had people coming over, right? And Christmas tree's been set up. And as far as I know, Roy hadn't seen it yet. Um, is, is that fair? Uh, yeah. She hadn't sure. seen it. And so um, she had in mind, her idea of success for the evening was that she was going to bring a movie to watch with the kids, the other grandkids, right? When she heard Barbie movie or something. And I found her crying in the front hallway, just a wreck. And I thought she was in trouble because her dad sat her there before and said, sit here because you're in trouble. And I said, mm-hmm. are you in trouble? Because that's what, and she's, I thought she said yes, but then I understood no, because that's really what it sounded like. And I said, what's going on? Then I went past her mom and, and, and she said, no, she wanted to bring a movie and she forgot it. And she's just trying to adjust to the fact that her light's not going like she thought it was. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's hilarious for a four-year-old, but let me go pick. So I picked her up and I said, are you okay? And do you want to kiss? And she didn't resist a kiss, which told me that she was just needing some comfort. So I gave her a little kiss and I picked her up and I called her and said, let me show you something. <laughs> and I took her in and I said, do you see the Christmas tree? She said, yeah. And suddenly she stopped crying a little bit. We got closer to the tree and I said, do you see that? And I showed her the little manger scene that I set up in the middle. Mm-hmm. And she said, what's that? And she said, baby Jesus's house. And I thought, oh, that's great. <laughs> great yeah. illustration. And then I it's took nice her to the part. front and she'd walk right past it. And that's also cool. We can make an illustration of that too all. She walked right past the first manger scene because we have a few. And um, I told her about the moonlight, that I'd put blue lights inside of the manger scene. She goes, how does the moonlight get there? <laughs> and she forgot about what she thought was important when I showed her something Mm -hmm. that was greater. And the next scene, cut, is her (laughs) taking Ezra to the Christmas tree and pointing out the things that I'd pointed out to her on the Christmas tree. And I think, you know, so oftentimes there's something that we are needing to see. Yeah. Because we're so freaking upset about what we're not seeing. Right. We um, don't get emotional on camera. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the refocus is right. And sometimes that's why the whole, I think that's the whole point in Jesus creating the church. We cannot always see where God is at work yeah. on our own. We have got to have other people around us. The family is our first, you know, it's kind of like the first church was the family. And then the second was when your family rejects you or when you have struggle, here's, you know, the bigger body of believers that you go to to find redirection, to find refocus, to yeah. look back at me because I'm the source, I'm the hope, I am the reason. That that life doesn't have to be about this flesh and what you see around you. I was again, I was saying that to my mom this morning. Turn your eye upon eyes upon Jesus is one of my favorite hymns, and it happened. It helps so much when I just start to sing that song because it. Okay, that's a good point. I need to turn my eyes back on it because yeah. then the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Right. Um. Because you're thinking about him. You're looking at him. Right. You're you're considering that. That's why I live. That's what my purpose is. That's what brings me joy, hope, every piece of literal peace that this world cannot give us and any kind of success that this world would evaluate. But his is keep your eyes on me. That's what success is. Believe in me. Trust in me. Believe I exist and I'm going to reward you. Who cares what the rewards really look like? We'll know it. Our hearts will be set at ease. You know, his pass, his peace will pass all understanding is what sure. the Bible says when we're not anxious, but when we ask him and talk to him and make him our source. Anyway. So what does success look like? Whatever Jesus tells us it looks like. And you have Truly, to have a relationship with him on a regular basis. To know success looks like being able to get out of bed in the morning and keep going. That's what success looks like. Church well, planting yeah. wise, we could be destroyed, but you know. George Mueller said, what was it, five years it took for one salvation, or was it more than that? Yeah, China was And the was people rough. he prayed with, whatever, prayed for forever. So I think we we don't evaluate based on comparisons. We evaluate based on what God has given us to do this moment, this day, 
this yeah. you know time and then let him set the the, pay, the pace and the path i was giving some instructions to um somebody last night a lady in our congregation who who's going to have a baby and i said you know i picture jesus being your shepherd he can see we, we saw an illustration of this on one of the um that the world may know video he can see the path but when you're down at a sheep's level the rocks all look the same when you're up at the shepherd's level you see the path it's it's kind of hard to see otherwise but that shepherd will lead those sheep they go behind them you know they don't yeah. they don't ever go in front because the shepherd knows the way we don't know the way so we have to look at him and he you know makes the path straight the bible says for us so we don't lean to our own understanding we do not and that is a good place to end it with so good talk this again some other time yeah (laughs) soon defined according to our weird schedules see you later go bye